Are you enjoying the process? I am enjoying the process. I have so much fun doing it. I think I joked once that it's painfully pleasurable because <laughs> I want to get it right. So I've spent one whole weekend and I just had the whole kitchen spread out with plans. I just sketched and designed, but I've, I've had a lot of fun doing it and I'm super excited. Welcome to the Art of Custom from Hibbs Homes. Sponsored by Pella Window and Doors and Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery. In this episode, we are joined by client and designer Lisa Valenti, as well as Brenda Gage with J Mark Homes. They talk with us about outdoor living as we discover what all goes into designing the perfect outdoor space. Enjoy! It has been a great season, and believe it or not, this is the final episode of the season, and we're going to be putting a cherry on top, or Melody, should I say, a patio on the back? Yes. Your writing has been stellar this season. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. We're, we were obviously talking about outdoor living. Yes, and it's, I mean, it's a huge home trend. Well, we've talked a lot about it. I mean, it, it's that important to everybody, especially, as you say, the current trends. Everybody wants to create that connection between outdoor living and indoor living and, and just making sure that it's kind of seamless transition. So you do have to focus on it early on during the design phase. Well, and that's one of the cool things about building a house right now. I saw figures that 40% or more of people are looking to redo their 40%? outdoor space. 40%? Yes, at their outdoor space to make it more functional and inviting. And you can kind of come at it like our guest who's coming up and design your whole house around it. We do have a special treat because we're going to be bringing in two very talented guests. One is a designer and one of our favorite clients. She's actually a lot of fun to be around, and I think everybody's going to find that out soon. And we're also going to be talking with Brenda Gage from uh, J. Mark Homes. Brenda is based in the Pacific Northwest, and they're doing a lot of cool things, not only with outdoor space, but with some, what do you, you have a term for it? Accessory dwelling unit. There um, you go. Granny flats granny is also flats. what I've heard them called. So. <laughs> so this is going to be a lot of fun. So Lisa Valenti is joining us in studio today, and when you hear about her custom home project, you'll see why this build is one that we are thrilled to be a part of. Lisa, tell us a little bit about why you decided to build a custom home. I guess it's because it's always been a dream of mine, and I've never really had the funds to do it and the ability to, to do it. And I started my career, actually my college grad, uh, graduated from Southeast Missouri State with a major in interior design and a minor in architecture. And so I've built homes along the way, but they were more of the cookie cutter homes. And I soon realized that interior design, I, I loved it, but it was more of a passion of mine and a hobby. And it was a little bit harder to get into that field. And so I became a nurse. And so now I don't do anything with interior design except for sit around and look at Pinterest and design in my head all the beautiful things that I see that I'd, I'd like to have someday in a house. I had had somebody tour my home before. We had a charity function at our house once and they admired my kitchen, which I have a lot of beams. You know, I said, why well, someday I'd like to build a custom home. And they mentioned Hibbs Homes. <laughs> and She's a real estate agent, Angie Harness, who's yeah. on the Child Center mm -hmm. board. And I just told her the other night, I said, I'm building a house with Hibbs Homes because <laughs> you 
got me on there. I listened to some of your stories mm -hmm. and your videos, and I looked at a lot of your pictures, and I thought it was a good fit. And the second that I talked to Chris, I mean, he was just so transparent and just so real. I was a little worried that because I don't know what I'm getting into, but he's just made me so comfortable with everything and the transparency of the company mm -hmm. impressed me so much in the fact that I didn't even need to interview any other builders. And it's interesting. You're talking about Chris Pedigo, who's yes. our director of sales, also director of construction. Just a great guy. And like you say, we are very straightforward. We want to be very transparent. We've been very impressed, and it's especially I've been very impressed kind of watching you through the process, because I know you've been very diligent in working with Chris to try to come up with a design that, number one, meets your budget, but number two, meets your needs. It's funny in a, an interesting way that, that you're taking this extremely serious, and I love that about you. You have a lot of different books, a lot of different magazines, articles, and that type of thing, because this is truly a passion for you. Are you enjoying the process? I am enjoying the process, and I've sat with Chris several times and Jeff Day, who's the architect. The architect and I have so much fun doing it. It's it's almost, I think I joked once that it's painfully pleasurable because <laughs> I want to get it right. So I've spent one whole weekend, my husband went out of town and I just had the whole kitchen spread out with plans. And since I do know how to, to draw quarter inch scale, old school on paper, I, I just, just sketched and designed and I had so much fun, but it was still like just a little bit of pressure too, you know? But I've, I've had a lot of fun doing it, and I'm super excited. So one of the reasons we wanted to have you in here today is because the um, outdoor environment that you are building in is such a major influence on how you're designing the home. And it's a really unique area, too. And rather than me tell everybody about it, tell us why Augusta and, and why you chose okay, it. Okay, sure, yeah. It, it's It's pretty exciting. And Dan and I have been looking at property for a long time, and I know... Dan loves the house we live in, in the area, in the yard. And so I knew that if we found something, it had to be for both of us. I could get him probably to build the house with me that I wanted if I got him land and, you know, a beautiful area. So we were looking in Augusta and Defiance and other places, and we didn't find anything. And last November, we came across um, some land in Augusta that was right next to Balducci. And it was 22 acres. And of course, with land, you can kind of just show up and kind of look at it and call the agent and they let you walk it. So we had an appointment on Saturday. On Friday, we get a call from my real estate agent that said, somebody bought that land, bought all of Balducci, and bought all of practically like five or six breweries and wineries in Augusta, Missouri. And it turns out to be the Hoffman family. And they're bringing a lot of excitement to the area. And at first, Dan and I were a little discouraged, but we just kept looking and something popped up and it was 29 acres. It was the top of the hill. It was more perfect than the area for Balducci. And if you think about the Hoffmans coming to buy up all of Balducci, we might've been right in the middle of all the action, which is not exactly what we were looking for. So what is meant for me will not pass me. So that's, that's a really what, great story. And my real estate agent was so awesome with this because she, on our closing, she gave Dan and me a 
huge basket and she has a plaque and now we have it hanging on the property mm-hmm. and it says what is meant for me will not pass me. So things are just meant to be, right? So it was pretty cool. Balducci is a winery, by the way, for our listeners who are not from the St. Louis area. That area is coming up to be almost a second Napa and a lot of people might not realize that. And you have it is influencing your build and your design as well, correct? Yes. I've always loved Mediterranean architecture and we love Napa. We love Sonoma. We love that look. We love Italy. We love the Mediterranean. What I really loved about it is just it's different. And I've always said I want a different house plan. I don't want the predictable house plan. I want it to be unique. I want it to not be so predictable. And a lot of the homes that you build are just very predictable. You walk in, the dining room's on the left, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've had lots of houses like that, but doing this at the top of a hill, which is exactly what I wanted with the outdoor feeling of the Mediterranean, being outside and having four views on the top of a bluff that is absolutely incredible. It just really excited us. So Here we are building this, and Mr. Hoffman and his wife are putting a lot of effort into this also. I didn't want to drop a Spanish colonial hacienda type of house in the middle of German wine country. (laughs) So I'm trying to be, you know, a little more authentic with the area and not go over the top with the Spanish colonial or Mediterranean feel, but there's a lot of elements that I'm using in the home and definitely the outdoor spaces are a a huge part of any Mediterranean home. And I just hope I can pull it off in Missouri. That's the beauty of a custom home. We've never built the same home twice in 18 years. And this is the reason everybody has a vision, everybody has a dream, and we are the ones that get to make that dream come true. And so that's why it's, it's exciting to see you talk about this and be excited about it because we're, we are equally as excited. And I've seen some of the plans that you and Chris and Jeff Day, the architect, are working on. And that outdoor space, it probably is the most important aspect of this design, isn't it? It really has become that. When I started looking at the plans with Jeff and trying to decide what I wanted to do, all of a sudden I came up with this idea that I wanted an interior courtyard. So for those that don't know what that is, it's basically a courtyard inside the home. So you've got a basically like a skylight within your home with no roof on it. So you can walk out from the four sides of the square, have like a little area where you've got maybe a dining space, a fire pit. And that's really what I've built the whole entire home around. And then the back of the home also has a courtyard and an outdoor area that we wanted to incorporate more of a Mediterranean style pool, which is the more straight and narrow pool with pencil pines. Um, We hope we can get a variety that we can try to copy what we see in Italy. And um, the olive tree might be pushing it, but it's it's exciting to, to, to do this and we're having a lot of fun with it. But definitely the courtyard has been the inspiration of the whole plan. We've actually had to change the courtyard now because we, you know, we had to back, back off a little bit for price and Now I just have a three-sided courtyard, so it's not completely interior, but it really is because you can still walk out three doors. You'll be able to walk out of my dining room and my great room, and you'll have a window in the foyer that will all be able to see that interior 
courtyard space. And Melody, adding some context to the conversation here, you know, we're talking how Lisa did have a design and, and we did some preliminary pricing and it came back higher than, than obviously the goal. That's not uncommon when you're designing and then building a custom home. We try to encourage people to, you know, think big. And then we'll work you back if we need to. And the other part of the problem we're, we are working through right now is we're just now trying to come out of the pandemic. And so supply chain shortages and cost increases, labor shortages have really affected our construction costs. You know, prices since then have gone up 30 to 40 percent. And that's really tough when you want to build a beautiful home like Lisa. She still is going to, but she has to make some tough choices and figure out what's going to fit within the budget. Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Count on the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery to help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in together. Shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to discover stunning products from the comfort of your own home. You know, the pandemic has changed home design so much. It has. Nothing more apparent than the way that people look at that outdoor space and how it's become a part of their home's design. And I love that that's the thought process behind how you're designing it. I also might have heard some rumblings about a, a skating path. It was a bocce court. Oh, the bocce court. Oh, okay. Bocce court. And I did think about even pickleball because I love pickleball, Mm -hmm. but the bocce court sort of fits in with that Mediterranean. And we want to use our house to entertain. Mm -hmm. We want to have enough room for our family, but we also want to have enough room for people that are going to visit us out there on that windy, crazy road in wine country that they can spend the night and that we can have an entertainment space. We're even considering VRBOing maybe an upstairs area with an exterior entrance. So we're actually in design for a home in Utah right now that will have a pickleball court in the lower level. So we're having to make sure we have the right dimensions, the right ceiling heights and everything else. So it's truly amazing what people are or how people are designing their homes and how it's the focal point of their lives and they want to be able to enjoy family and fun. And I think, Lisa, I think this is so exciting for you. Yes, it's totally exciting. One other thing that I did mention that I wanted around the home was grapevines. So even though I don't plan on making wine, I'd just rather buy it. <laughs> I thought, I, you know, when you pull up to a home or anywhere that you see these huge hills and you see the lines and the rows mm-hmm. of grapevines, it's just so beautiful. And I thought that I could use that in my landscaping also. Maybe make grape jelly, but not wine. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's part of what kind of drives an outdoor design, right? Even if you're just looking at patios versus whether or not you're going to have an elevated space or something down with stamped pavers. So you're talking about sport courts, though, and that's something that's fairly new that a lot of people are putting in, though. You know, we we installed a basketball hoop and we thought that was fancy, but I mean, <laughs> a, a bocce court and um, I've even seen hockey rinks mm-hmm. where people will put up the sides of it and people are bringing that recreation into their outdoor spaces and intentionally planning it now because after spending so much time at home being able to entertain outside is a healthier way and it was interesting to hear that you might want to plant some of the 
Grapevines, I think that is so perfect because, number one, it's wine country out there. Number two, it's an important part of your world. And number three, you know, Sonoma, Napa are such an important part of what you're all about. So I think that's awesome. We're seeing that a lot when it comes to landscaping. The use of water features, Melody, is extremely important right now. Lighting is critical. So, you know, you want to make sure that you illuminate some of these really cool ideas that you're working with. So I think the landscape lighting, the exterior lighting is going to be important. Hardscaping, what's it What's it going to look like around the pool? Is it going to be pavers? Is it concrete? Is it colored? There's just so many things to think about. But I know you, you're well-planned and you've got a lot of really good ideas. It's just going to be so cool to see this whole thing come together. It really is. And we don't have those picked out yet, but I re- will say that Chris and Jeff have helped me realize that there's some things that aren't necessarily as practical Mm -hmm. in Missouri and in the Midwest, as practical as they are in, let's say, Napa or the Mediterranean, like the use of stucco. Correct. So they're, they're giving me options that I can pull off the look and even some options that maybe we will back out on, for instance, the full tile, red clay tile roof, which is really, really expensive and it's not very common In Missouri, there's more maintenance to it, I believe, but we can do that on overhangs and on loggias and things like that where we can just accent. And for all of that and the lighting, I'm really looking to, once I get my plan, to have people say, you need to do this, you need to do that. Right, and we have some lighting experts who who have special training that will help you with that. And, and that's the fun about putting your team together. We've talked about this in several seasons of our podcast about the importance of putting your team together up front. You know, the not only obviously the owner and the client, but the architect, the builder. We always have our lighting vendor look over the plans because they're trained to do this and they can see if we have too much lighting, not enough lighting. So that's why we're a big proponent of of the whole team effort when it comes to building. Well, we've talked a little bit about this season, how you can build around a view. And you mentioned that you actually came onto our website and you weren't looking for Missouri floor plan. That's right, you were looking in Utah. (laughs) Yeah, you said that there's going to be a four-sided view for your home. So are there any elements that are really informing your floor plan around those views? Yes, and they were things that I wouldn't have thought of maybe 10 years ago, but the exposure of the pool is really important because you want an exposure. You don't want that northern exposure. You want the sunlight to hit at least part of the pool at all parts of the day. That took some planning. And then you also have to see what the lot's going to do for you. Like, how's it going to roll? And we did have somebody come out and do six digs to make sure we weren't digging into bedrock because that would also get expensive. And then do you do a basement then? Do you do a pool then? When we went and we bought the property in February and closed on, on it in May, of course, it was winter. So you could see all the way down to the valley, which was absolutely gorgeous. And I'm like, this is it. Since have gone back in June and July and August, and it's completely, you can't even see the valley. You can't even hardly see, you know, 10 feet in. So my husband likes to chainsaw, so that's going to be his <laughs> hobby for a while because I want to see that valley. <laughs> you know, there, it's, a, it's a work in progress, but as it, as it shapes together, I think, I think we've got the right views out of the right windows. Like I'd like my bedroom to wake up to the east so you can get that morning sunlight. I would like the pool to 
basically flanking southern western area and we've actually had the pool guy come out he's actually the business is called the pool guy so um <laughs> he's built our our first pool and he's actually looking to build this one too so he's given us some pointers on that too so a couple things that that uh, come to mind from this conversation you brought it up with the pool the solar orientation of not only the pool you mentioned the house as well critical think about exactly just that you want the sun in your room when it when it comes up in the east in the morning you don't want the afternoon sun coming in the dining room and at the end of the day. So all that plays into this. In this day and age, Melody, it's these pool contractors are a year or two years out, no matter where they're building. You have to, if you're thinking about entertaining spaces or outdoor spaces and pools and things like that, landscape contractors, pool contractors, everybody is so busy. Try to get on a list very early. You know, one of the things that you brought up was a Mediterranean style pool too. It sounds like it's going to be pretty different. When you look back at Mediterranean design, nothing looks brand new. So I know there's more contemporary Mediterranean, but of course we're going up more for modern Mediterranean, but we still want it to look a little bit old and a little bit unpredictable and, you know, the little things that make something like that unique, like the thicker walls, maybe the uh, loggia, which is an area that's usually an arched walkway that's covered, but it's still an outdoor space. But to have that, so it's almost a 12-month out-of-the-year area that we can use. Right. That's what it sounds like. You were saying that you couldn't see the valley, you know, for the trees, but at the same time, not a lot of great Missouri views with the leaves off the trees. So it kind of sounds like you have a, a nice outdoor space no matter what time of year. Yes, the seasons will will definitely show us different things. So, You know, we have listeners from all over the country, a good listener group that take a lot from our podcast, and we always love it when we have clients on. Last season, we talked with Amy Desart. We built her a home over in town and country. She had some just really good, thoughtful advice for, for those people who are are dreaming about building their custom home, their dream home. You're just into the process. You've had a lot of planning. You're into the design phase now, and I understand we aren't yet into construction, but you took the hardest step. And to me, that hardest step is making a decision that you're going to build the home, finding the lot, and designing the house. So just give our listeners, someone who might be dreaming about doing what you're doing, what's your advice to them? I would say... Just think about what's important to you and what you want and how you want to live your life. And I think COVID has had an impact on everybody on how you want to live your life. I love being at home and I love my home to be beautiful. I That's a priority for me. But if people do want to build their own home, what I would say is make sure that you do your homework or just talk to Hibbs Homes and Chris. You'll find them very accommodating and helpful and go for it. Do you find this process overwhelming or is it kind of what you expected? Well, I've you said I've just started planning. I've been planning this for 30 true. years. <laughs> That's true. I so, didn't give you enough credit. <laughs> no, no. I don't know about credit, but you know, I, I actually have found it overwhelming at times. And the reason being is not because it's not fun. I mean, I'm having so much fun planning it, but I don't want to make a mistake. Uh So I'm a little bit, I've been planning this, like I said, since I was in my 20s, looking at homes and with my interior design degree and wanting to do something. It's also hard to do when you've got a design background because you see everything. Now that I have a direction, I can go for it, and I just want to make sure I make the yeah. right decisions. But it's it's pleasurably painful. <laughs> so, I love but, that. But more, but very much more pleasurable. This is something I can guarantee. 
it always works out. They're always thrilled. It's always better than they think. So you're absolutely headed in the right direction. Love the enthusiasm. Love the passion. Love the organization. This is going to be just a wonderful experience for you as we continue on down the path. And Melody, since you're so good at marketing, we've got to follow this closely, right? And keep updating our, not only our listeners, but those who follow us on other social media channels. I would love to document some of, you know, what we're going through with the process. You know, I know you're doing a video diary and we'd love to share that with our folks too. I'm not very good with social media or the camera, but I've seen people do it on Instagram and I thought I might like to try that. And it's also a good record of of what I'm doing and reminder of how much fun this is. And but you don't, you don't have to be good at it. Just be authentic, which you are. That's what's going to come through whenever you're posting or whenever you're sharing. And it's going to mean a lot to people because this truly is a dream for a lot of people. And many of them are afraid to take that next step, thinking it will be overwhelming or whatever the, the many reasons they, they may not move forward. So share your experience with them, be yourself, and, I, and you're going to help a lot of people. Well, I hope so. When you asked for advice before, I just something just popped in my mm-hmm. head that I think is pretty standard. Until you stretch yourself and maybe go outside your comfort zone, you know, you get so much more satisfaction when you accomplish something. And I know that that there's going to be backups with building supplies and there's going to be costs that come in. Just knowing that going into it is is just part of the process. So I think if you if people know to accept that too right. ahead of time, it's not a perfect process. There's and, no and way. And what we do to try to help mitigate that is our our team now knows how far in advance we need to order, and we're ordering materials. Melody, you know this so much earlier than we than we have before, and we we also are now prepared to understand when pricing increases might come along. So when we're going through the budgeting process, we're trying to anticipate those because we want them in your original budget. The last thing we want to do, Lisa is to come along a little bit later and say, hey, this price just went up. So we're trying to be as proactive as possible. So you got to trust your builder. Now, you said that you were going to document some of this. Uh, Do you have an Instagram account where you're going to be posting things? I mean, if you can teach me how to post it. Oh, she will. (laughs) I got that. Yeah. Some of them, my very first one is when I met Jeff Day in his office and I thought I had everything that I wanted, you know, to, to say. And then I realized I got in there and I was just so overwhelmed. I said, I have to go. I'm not ready for this. So I get in my car and I'm like, well, that didn't work. Chris told me that story. I was laughing. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. And we are going to continue to share your story. This is a project that is very exciting to us. So just know that we're not only going to take good care of you, but we're going to take good care of the project because this is this is important to us. We know how important it is to you. And so just know that you're in good hands. Well, and we have someone else coming on to talk a little bit about those rentals. You had talked about doing a VRBO. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to someone from the Pacific Northwest where there are these accessory dwelling units in people's backyards that they're super popular and they're becoming so much more popular here in Missouri for people who want to, you know, make passive income on their spaces. Yeah, I'm interested in, in learning more about that. I know there's different rules and codes in the county. So there's, we've got to look into all that. So that's going to be another process that we'll, we'll deal with. But we're, we're planning the house so we have the ability to do it from inside the home if we want to with exterior entrances. And then 
we'll see how that goes. So we have the ability to do it, but we don't have to do it. And I'm sure with all the people that are going to be coming to that area. I'm going to have a lot of friends. Yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This podcast is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors. Pella is the industry leader in innovation and style. Windows have become a key element in home design, and Pella has the product and professionals to guide you to your perfect solution. Pella is cutting edge in energy efficiency, durability, and performance. If you're tired of looking through screens, check out the Pella Integrated Roll Screen that you won't see until you need it. Pella offers the broadest selection of premium products to meet any budget and any design inspiration. Allow Pella to show you what they can do to improve the style and comfort of your home. With Pella's limited lifetime warranty, you won't have to worry about windows and doors again. Call 314-714-0100 to make an appointment or visit our showroom in Chesterfield Valley. We have Brenda Gage back with us. We talked to her last season, and she is a fantastic builder up in the Pacific Northwest. And we wanted to bring her on because she has a lot of information about outdoor living, which I found surprising. Brenda, you told us last time you were on that you guys do a lot of outdoor spaces. And I guess I always thought it rained in Seattle all of the time. Well, it does rain in Seattle all of the time, which is why the outdoor spaces are so crucial. In fact, almost every one of our clients does a big outdoor space. Of course, it's covered, but we put a lot of skylights and heaters and big fireplaces and make it really very cozy so that you're really extending the ability for your family to enjoy being outdoors, even in the midst of the rain. And actually, it can be very enjoyable and cozy to be cuddled up by a big fire, you know, with skylights. That's been something that I think every one of our clients is 100% on board with. Well, see, that's why we do this podcast, because that's almost counterintuitive, you know, being a Midwest girl and, you know, thinking about those outdoor spaces. So you were saying that there's a lot of fire features and things like that. And I'm starting to see more fireplaces, like genuine fireplaces, take over for fire pits around here. So what are some cool things that you're seeing out there? Is there anything that we need to keep our eyes out for? Well, one thing that I actually really like is when the outdoor space is attached to the back of like a living room and the fireplace is actually see-through from both sides. That can be a really fun feature, right? And so it's your fireplace in your living room, but it's also the fireplace for your outdoor space. And you have just a little bit of like a, a peekaboo through, you know, the fireplace on each side. We're doing a ton of fire pits, but we're also, in addition to that being somewhere on the property, doing a proper fireplace, sometimes a gas insert, but there has been a trend towards people just wanting, you know, that pile of old-fashioned wood, especially in the Northwest where maybe you've taken down, you know, a certain number of trees to build your home, and then we just kind of pile them up in a shed, and you're probably ready to stay cozy for many years to come. Oh, I love that. So one of the other trends that I've heard about a lot in um, your area, and it's starting to make its way both to our Utah locations and our St. Louis locations, is the accessory dwelling unit, because a lot of people are doing VRBOs. And, but this is something that really is primarily up in your area right now. Uh, you said that you've been building quite a few buildings like that. 
Right. And they've taken a lot of interesting forms. We're building quite a few of them. And the reasons vary. Some of the reason that people want accessory dwelling units is for a nanny. Some of the reason people want them is um, to prepare to take care of aging parents. And some of the reason that people want them eventually is if kids come back from college and need a place to stay for a period of time while they're getting their feet under them. And in the meantime, they think it's a great opportunity to Airbnb it out until it's something that their family needs to use. Well, not long ago, we had someone on talking about entertaining spaces specifically, and I loved the idea of a whole space being built around just people coming together. I guess maybe I've been affected by all of the commercials. <laughs> it's that, um, you know, there there's a space kind of specifically designed for entertaining. And I wonder, because you built some of these larger homes, is that something that you would take into it to consideration that would maybe impact the way that you approach designing an outdoor space? Oh, for sure. And again, knowing that it is rainy and cold a decent amount of the year in the Northwest, um, I have a good friend that actually built a party barn, which I am 100% um, determined to build for myself at some point. So they have a really cool piece of property on the water and so do a couple of their family members. And so they had a couple acres in the middle and they decided since, you know, they each have quite a few kids and now some grandkids that instead of trying to host these big events in any one of their houses, that they would pull their money and resources and build literally a party barn, which is like a huge space that has places for catering and and round tables and a stage for a band and bathrooms. And so they have hosted many of their kids' weddings. They've hosted 70th birthdays, 40th birthdays, Thanksgiving, all the things. And everyone comes together in the party barn space. And that way you're together with, you know, up to probably at least 150 people seated in this thing. And nobody's trying to host that in their own home. And it kind of stays like semi set up all year. That's really cool. So are you in the process of building this or is this just something that you have to do? Oh, I'm doing this. (laughs) (laughs) For myself, actually, right now we're building a little ski cabin, which has been a great opportunity, you know, when you're going through the building process to remind yourself of what it feels like to be a client. Yes. You know, permitting delays, material changes due to COVID and supply, all these different things kind of come up. And I always think it's good to keep yourself, you know, in the shoes of of what it feels like to actually be on the other side of building. So it's been a great reminder. So that's really an, a, a ski specific place is that is really about building with the outdoors and, and taking the environment around you into consideration. So what's been different for you in approaching that build? That's actually really interesting. I had no idea. Actually, it's keeping my husband from going crazy because, <laughs> you know, for me, I'm like, well, yes, I'm well aware that the septic design takes a period of time and that the permitting takes a period of time. But because he flies airplanes for a living and he doesn't build homes, he's always like, well, now what, now what, now what? And it's just a good reminder, you know, when I approach my clients who also don't build for a living, that what it feels like to be in those waiting time periods or to feel like, you know, should I be doing something or is this just a time that I just have to like wait for the city to do their job? So is it, is that going to be a ski in, ski out property? 
No, it's just a ski cabin. It's about 15 minutes from the mountain, but we will Airbnb it. And and that's been a real trend. I would say the ski areas over here and, and maybe that's similar to where you guys are at, but through COVID, so many people just wanted to be outdoors and we've just seen a huge, huge increase in the number of properties where people just want to be able to kind of be outside and ski and be back to nature. And it's beautiful in the summers too. So huge trend. So what is the most exciting project that you've seen in the last year? Because all of, we know that outdoor spaces are huge. We know, um, I joke that we should have subtitled this season, bringing the outdoors in and bringing the indoors out, because that seems like all we've talked about. But It's what is- very true. We've seen a lot of natural elements come inside, you know, wood details on the floor, the ceiling, you know, anywhere, just a lot more water features. One of my favorite projects we're building right now is Three families have actually decided to build homes next door to each other. Their children are all friends and they use the same architect and they actually have the outdoor spaces connect to one another so that the boys can just run from yard to yard. And they subdivided this large piece of property and they decided that like their community and their families wanted to just not cohabitate, but almost. And so we're building these three houses together for these three families that have these really sweet boys as friends and this tie to the area. And the architecture is really cool because it kind of goes through each of the houses similarly. So it really looks like a cohesive property, but it is actually three individual homes. That reminds me almost of the pods that we broke into, right? During um, during yeah. COVID, right? Yeah. yeah, totally. They would definitely be a pod. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, as someone who is going through the process of building some uh, a property that is integrating the outdoors in, what is your biggest piece of advice that you'd have for someone who is looking to maximize that flow between the outdoors and, and inside? Well, I think one of the things right now due to COVID is to just remember that whatever you build, it needs to reflect you the most, right? And so in the past, I feel like we went through trends where everything was beige and then everything was gray. And, you know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed is seeing a lot more individuality come out. For me in this specific cabin, I actually want the walls to be very dark and to have that real cozy cabiny feeling to it. But we're also bringing in a lot of natural wood and elements that kind of soften it. Lighting is always huge. But I think, you know, you really because the pandemic reminded us that we may be in our homes for large stretches of time, it feeling like that escape and that tranquil space that really relaxes you should be the guiding light. It should feel very homey and comfortable to you, to your family. And I think thinking spatially is important. A lot of times we're designing homes for families and maybe they have small children and they're thinking of designing the home for their kids at that age. But I always remind them to try to picture these three children in five years, in 10 years, does the space still make sense if they're intending to stay in it for a longer period of time? What does it feel like to go from toddlers, which is a very different set of expectations in a home, to young kids playing sports, to teenagers who maybe need a little bit more space, to ultimately, you know, maybe you're bringing your parents back to live with you for a period of time, or maybe your kids are coming back. We have quite a few clients who are designing ADUs that are actually attached to the house but have an outdoor door 
And some codes require that. And some families just really like the feeling that they could have a parent or a renter or an adult child like in the house, but not in the house. So it's almost like its own little studio apartment that is like off of the great room space, but still has access to the outside. Um, a, A few of our other clients are doing it like above a garage. The family that has the party barn has a cool place you can sleep in above like a loft. So there's lots of different ways to incorporate space, but you know, making sure that you feel really comfortable in it and making sure that you can project however long you want to stay there, that it continues to give you that good feeling. Oh, that's wonderful advice. Thank you so much for coming back on, Brenda, and sharing all of that great information. And I am really looking forward to potentially seeing pictures of your ski lodge because, you know, we we work with a lot of people up in Park City and I have a tender spot in my heart for ski places. So I'd be happy to send it your way and hopefully... Someday we'll meet in person and you can give me a tour of some of the cool projects I'm sure you guys are working on. We would love to. Thank you again, Brenda. Brenda's always a a fun guest to have on and very informative as well because she's located in a part of the country that even though they say it rains all the time, it really doesn't, and people are are taking advantage of outdoor space, so it was, it was fun to have Brenda on as usual. But I want to go back to the conversation we were having with Lisa. It was emotional for me, and I know for you as well. She started to tear up when she was talking about this perfect piece of, of land that she found and how excited she was about this project. I think that you said it so on the head. I mean, it's, it is such a personal process. Mm-hmm building a custom home and it's, there's nothing like it. And you you just, there's so much heart and soul that goes into every selection and every detail. And, you know, like she said, there's not everybody prioritizes it, but, oh, isn't it fun working with the clients who do? Yes. And she's done a great job. And, and quite frankly, I think this is a perfect way to end um, a very successful season for the art of custom. I mean, we started back at the beginning where, you know, we took people from the exterior of the home and what to look for and, and, and the design trends. And we kind of worked them through the entire process in, in each and every room. And I think it was a very nice way to end the season talking about outdoor spaces and having a couple of really awesome guests on. I think there was so much good information and ideas too. I mean, if someone is really serious about the home building process, this is the season to listen to. Yeah. And if you've missed anything, all they have to do is go back and, and join us for episode one, season four, right? It's pretty simple. Well, and if they've only listened to this season and now they're like, oh my gosh, I have to build a custom home. You can go back to season three. That's true because we take everybody through the process from start to finish on how to plan to build the home all the way through. Uh, I mean, we talk about everything from design to financing to, you know, everything. So good point. I don't know what's coming up on season five. I know it's going to be fun. And I know we have a production meeting coming up soon to talk about it. So I guess I'll just say to all of our listeners, we will be back for a fun season five right after the first of the year, springtime. It'll be another fun, entertaining, and informative season. So I just invite everybody to join us, right? Right. And um, in between time, keep an eye on our Facebook page because some of our guests from this season, we've already talked about having them on for Facebook Lives. We call it the Art of Custom Live. 
We'll be bringing back some favorites. Very good point there as well. And you can always check us out at HibsHomesUSA.com. Lots of good information. And if you're just looking for information on building a custom home, drop us an email, give us a call. Melody and I are always happy to, to speak with you no matter what part of the country you're living in. We can help you find a builder. We can help you find an architect. We can help you give you suggestions on, on the building process. We really like to be used as a resource for those thinking about building a custom home. And we have a lot of downloads on our site too. Mm-hmm. Um, to help people through the process. Um, so if you if you are out of state, that can be helpful. Absolutely. So thanks for um, listening to season number four of The Art of Custom, and we look forward to having you join us for season five. For more information, visit www.artofcustompodcast.com or find us on Facebook as The Art of Custom and on Twitter at Art of Custom Pod. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episodes, and please rate and review to help us grow. The Art of Custom is produced by Hug Monster Sound with original music by Adam Frick-Ferdine. Thanks for listening.